Welcome to the Different Scale Notebook. My name is Anna Anselma, and I'm the host of the podcast. And today I have a very special guest, um, my client and friend and super mom, Paula Mancino. And Paula is going to talk to us today about cognitive flexibility. We have been talking about cognitive flexibility on the podcast for a couple of weeks now, and it's uh, our ability to flex and shift our mindset shift our gears a little bit and move from one concept to the other. And when I asked Paula what she wanted to discuss on the podcast so we could mimic some of our smart conversations that we have at the center, she actually came up with this. And I thought it was a great idea because sometimes I forget that in teaching a child a skill, we kind of have to have that same skill, right? We have to model that skill. So um, she sent me a great, a great um, talk tonight, which I hope you guys will enjoy. And it'll be on modeling flexibility for your children and the strategies that she's been able to implement for her son, Jonathan. So welcome, Paula. Thank you so, so much. You're here tonight. Pleasure to so be here. Get started where you're comfortable. Tell us okay. a little bit about your modeling, how you've modeled. Okay. Well, I, um, I, come from a lot of things that didn't work. You know, I, I, I had to learn a lot of trial and error. Uh, the, uh, the way I was taught to, you know, you do something, you do it quickly, you do it right away. And if you don't, you're going to hear about it, you know, and uh, having a child on the spectrum as well as ADHD, who is very, um, creative and goes into his own world and he can really entertain himself quite well. Yes. Uh, I, I learned the hard way that you cannot force uh, a child with his learning differences to do anything he doesn't want to do. So I had to learn how to uh, give him time to process and if I'm asking him to do something, I, I first had to go and see, is he looking at me? You know, can he hear me? A lot of times I would be surprised at how his therapist could get him to respond like so calmly and right away. And I noticed they would go up close to him and they crouch down and they'd say, hey. And he would stop and he would look and then he would respond. And I found myself expecting him to respond, like calling his name from the other room, you know, it's time to go, time to do this, time to do that. And that never, ever worked. And we would butt heads, you know, I would press, he would press back. And it was very frustrating. So I had to realize that what I was doing wasn't effective and, and look at how the therapists and even his teachers would talk to him and how that tone of voice Right. Something so simple, something so simple, yes. so important. Totally let Jonathan know if I was going to help him or if I was going to like break in and just crash his party, you know? So by being flexible with my tone, I had to like step back and okay, breathe some and, and adjust, you know, take, remove my frustration that he isn't paying attention not take it personally yes, because it isn't something he is deliberately doing. I mean, he literally cannot hear me. 
Yes. Yes. And we did think when he was much younger that he might have had a hearing loss. But he was just in there, you know, doing his thing. Yeah, he zoned in. He zoned in. Zoned so it's in. not yeah, a teaching in. moment. It's not teaching mm-hmm. moment. He's not listening, you know. Right. So he's talking to the wall, you know. Right. Um, so my tone of voice, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm as a teacher, teacher's assistant, and even... I've always, you know, with my voice carries very easily and, and have always realized how much my energy puts out and that it can be very intimidating. And so he would be intimidating back and right. we wouldn't be able to transition. And it, it was a lot of stress because he was modeling my aggressive tone of voice and right. it wasn't working out. Like, yeah. do you feel like you've had to do a lot of changes in order I to did. him to be I able did. to build the skills that he needs to succeed? Yes. You had to change your approach and your I skills. did. I did. And, and uh, by understanding there's things, the way I ask Jonathan to transition is going to determine how smoothly he does or doesn't transition. And knowing since he was in pre-K, you know, three and a half, well, before that, before he even started going to school, whenever it was time to stop something and go on to something, it was like pulling teeth. And, and I, before I knew he was autistic, I figured he was defiant and just like, I had a little rebel for a child, but that wasn't the case because there were so many things he did like doing. And he was so responsive to, right? Right. So he shift, but he just wasn't shifting smoothly all the time, consistently right. across environments. Like right. it was just kind of in little spurts. But when you're in school, you need to shift. To different yeah, activities. there's a lot of pre- a lot of pressure, yeah. right? So the he he uh, would now now when I make sure that my tone is calm. And I make the eye contact with him. And, and even if maybe I can't go all the way up, I'll say, Jonathan, can you hear me? And he'll respond. So then if he's hearing me, then I know I have his attention. And then I'll go in and, and I'll, I'll uh, you know, prompt him. And then we use the timer. So then, and Alexa helps us out. And so now it's not my timer, you know, it's Alexa. And Alexa will even label your timer like, okay, let's set the timer for five minutes and then it's back to schoolwork. And she'll say, okay, setting the timer for five minutes and back to schoolwork. Do you use the timer with a schedule so that, you know, he's transition, the timer goes off and then he looks at his schedule. You can prompt him to look at his schedule so then he can go on to the next activity. Yes, where that is... That is a work in progress because he doesn't want to look at his schedule because he knows that means his break is over. So I will remind him. Okay. I feel the way he feels. <laughs> I, I know. Me break too. Break I'm like, over. can we switch it? Can we, can we like another break, break in longer and work shorter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I'll say, and we were having hard time coming back from break so five minutes was turning into eight and eight was turning into ten and I found myself sort of like stepping back a little because I don't want to melt down and I don't want to antagonize him I don't want to get into his physical space 
because that is when he triggers. That is when I trigger and I want to no longer intimidate him to do something. So that's been a big part of my flexing. Right. But you're also building independence because the teacher in class would say, check your schedule or go to your schedule. And then he'd have to transition. And we have it there. And, and our schedule travels. So we have the, the e-learning, you know, flips the little uh, strips that have the, the different blocks. And then we have like a little miniature easel. Wow. That's board. It's a whiteboard and I put a rubber band with the dry erase marker. And so that travels with, and it has an eraser on it and he likes to erase as he goes. And that I think is helpful for him because, Oh, there's one less thing. I'm getting closer to the finish line. So he erases it as he finishes. So when he goes back and he will say, okay, well, what's coming next? Well, you know what? Why don't you look at the schedule and check? Okay. You know, Great. And you're building independence with that. So what do you do when um, he doesn't transition and he's stuck? How do you address that? Well, when- I, I use a strategy often that Sam uses with Jonathan that has been very effective. And I say it, uh, can you count back from 10? <laughs> and he does. And he'll go, 10. And so, you know, he does manipulate that a little bit. Okay. And it, He'll count a little slow. But it does distract him from his stuff because that's the whole flexibility and thing, right? Does How can just, I get out of this mindset yeah. to another mindset, right? Yes. So it gets him moving out of that preferred right. and, okay, I'm getting my brain ready. And that's another part of my flexing that I've had to develop is I want things to go perfect. I want to hurry up. I want it done. You know, let's stay on time, you know, because you got times on these schedules, but doesn't always play out that way so I'd rather him take another minute or two to smoothly come back than come back with angst and uh, you know and like oh throw himself into the classroom at home because then the whole productivity is just a big hot mess it's not it's not going to be productive so I have had to adjust myself being as a teacher with the pressure of Oh, you got to get this done and you got to go get this done and you got to get that done. And everything is time to the minute, you know? Right, right. But so that's not how talk human a beings bit about that are. I know you've talked to me a lot about how you've had to edit your expectations and you realized that a barrier mm-hmm. to your flexibility was your expectations, like how yes. productive the day would be. And, yes. and we should say that Jonathan's productivity has increased incredibly and his attention to tasks yes. and his following the schedule has. But in the beginning, when we started all this school, in we had a lot of rough oh, spots it, on, right. you know, you editing your expectations and things uh-huh. Things were not necessarily going badly. I just think you had really high expectations as yeah. to how much was going to get accomplished in a day versus the accumulation of the week, right? How Yeah, I was always looking because, and, you know, I'm visual myself and I have high standards and I don't want my son to look to the teacher like he's lazy and he's just at home on vacation you know so that whole image thing as a mom who's a teacher you know you want the kid to look perfect and get everything done and da 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 but the fact of the matter is 
uh, if there were so much for him to accomplish Monday, if he didn't get all of it done, but he did say 80% of it and it was quality, that was a good day for him. And we'll work on some more tomorrow. So I had to accept that maybe it'll be two, three or four sessions, but it depends on the mental exertion that's required of him to do it. You know, if it's grammar, he's got it. He likes it. sometimes, Sometimes I think there, we all have days that are not good. That we're not yeah. feeling good, that we're not productive, mm-hmm. that we don't, you don't, we don't want to do things, and they do too. So that yeah, requires flexibility on the parents' part, because I think right. sometimes as parents we forget that everybody has a bad day. Because I think we want our children to achieve, and we want them Absolutely. to do great. Yes. But sometimes our expectations make the situation into a crisis when it doesn't need to be. Right? No, right? it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it, any time uh, he he gets a little off task with the live instruction now, it's right. because he's bored. It's not because he doesn't have interest in it. It's because he's either not engaged or right. he already understands and they're over talking it. Right. And he has a, a large group of children because they're short at his school. So they had to put more kids together. and. So he has to wait a while sometimes. Yes. So I had to speak with the teacher about that. And because I wasn't, and now all of a sudden I'm getting, oh, I can't see him. You know, I can't hear him. Well, these kids that are sharp or anyone, any kid who is accustomed to, you know, having that interaction and accountability, Mm -hmm. uh, they're learning to work this e-learning system. like. But that happens in social groups too. They don't know. Oh, my hand's under the table and I'm playing with my dog, but the teacher can't see me. So now it's like they've got a new toy because they've found ways to manipulate the system to entertain themselves while they're bored. And I didn't want to go through that push pull with Jonathan and I come to help. He's like, don't come in here. You're not supposed to help me. No, it's like right. the teacher asked me to come because the teacher can't see you. And so I came, it was a pattern. I had to recognize, I could set my watch to it, Anna. Every day at the same time, Jonathan lost his interest in this live instruction. And he was just at his maximum in a group setting. And, and so I a long time to stay to sustain attention. And just sit there and do nothing and listen to the teacher talk, talk, talk to other kids. And he either understands it or it's not his turn and he doesn't feel it applies to him, you know. So I I took the initiative and I said, um, you know, is it possible that he could attend less of this because it's becoming nonproductive? And I don't want Jonathan to start having behaviors come out. Because he was getting a little and that's an with his tone of voice, right? That's an and it wasn't his regular self. That was not right. his regular relationship with the teacher. It wasn't. It was out of character for him to talk to the teacher like that. So I knew that his anxiety was building. So we changed the schedule, and so right. I am and doing to give the teacher instead. Right. It's important yeah. to give the teacher with this whole e-learning thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of our kids need 
something different. Like if, if they're waiting, we had discussed for you to talk to the teacher and maybe he could yeah. do something as he's waiting. Well, right. we tried that and he just was drawing in his notebook. So that didn't work. And then he said, oh, you can assign him anything you want from Canvas. Well, the teacher wouldn't supply me like today I'm going to do this, you know, and I'd be able to give Jonathan something. So it wasn't something he could give us ahead of time. So that wasn't, you know, and the books, whatever it's a lot of, you know, is video and some of it's digital, whatever. And some of it's interactive. So he said, you know, if you're okay with it, you're welcome to, instead of him come to that last block where he's not focused, he's not engaging, he's not building his, his skills or his task endurance. If you want to work with him from his lessons on his IEP goals. So that's what I'm doing. I, that's you know. And I'm, well, that's an important thing that you mentioned now because I'm more I think than happy. I feel useful, you know, because I was having a hard time flexing, leaving the kid alone. And yeah. then, and I'm thinking about this, you know, in school, we don't leave them alone in a classroom. That's against the law. You don't leave a child alone right. in a classroom. So right. there is an isolation factor, especially since he's an only child, you right. know. Right. So and he will work true. more. You flexed and you talked mm-hmm. to the teacher. I mean, I think parents need to know that there are there is tweaking that you can yeah. do to e-learning. We and did have to tweak it. You can supplement certain blocks or certain things with other things that are skill building, but don't look mm-hmm. like that. That requires, you know, flexibility on your part to say, okay, this isn't working. We need to find a substitute for it. That. That still builds a skill for him, but it's Uh not in this type of environment. And I think that that's been the hard part of e-learning because our kids need a lot of this tweaking. And I think for you, that was the hardest part of you getting started with your schedule. Because I remember when we first got started, you had to keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And it was really frustrating for you, but you did it. Because I expected it it to stay the same. And I have issues with, oh, now we have to change it. Oh, you know, and oh, is the teacher going to be okay with that? And then I realized, you know, the more I I would do the, you know, the app they use or the email, he was very responsive. He was very open. And he would also recognize how much more, productive Jonathan is when he has one-on-one I mean he is a different kid and most kids are I don't know many kids that aren't so we if we have to shift it according to what's coming in the schedule like say it's in the morning but it's running over we shift it to after specials and even if it's maybe 10 instead of 15 I'm trying to make sure that Jonathan understands even if you don't finish everything, this is the expectation. If you didn't touch it at all, you have to at least do a little bit of it. Right. And right. not get out of all of it. And, right. I, and I even will have to say, I mean, in the past, I'll be like, oh, you're not going to get this, you know, and come right. in with the rigid and the uh, the threatening, you know, and right. like, you can't take all your cards out of your pocket at once. You right. Know? right. Right. And but now I I'll tell you. him, if you, then you can, if you turn it around and I'll remind him, like if he's goofing off for like five minutes, I used to get mad and I used to yell 
And I had to learn to flex out of that state of mind. Right. I can't have that state of mind anymore. I want that on my own time. That's fine. I want it in my head. That's fine. But I can't verbalize that to Jonathan or he's just going to start doing that back to me. Right. Or it just... You don't transition. And, yeah. And it's like, it's just a battle. Yeah. It's just a battle. That's it. It's, yeah. It turns into gymnastics, whatever it is he wants to do to get out of it. And, right. and he, and he realizes when I'm calm about it and I'm say, well, you know what? You're doing all this playing around. This isn't recess time though. The schedule recess is later in the schedule. So, you know, when it comes to be recess time, you're going to have to finish some more of this up. So he's hearing, I'm not saying I'm going to take your recess. You know, like right. teachers do do that. Yeah. Oh, you're going to sit out for recess. No, what am I going to torture myself? I'm not going to take away his recess, but yeah. he will end up having less. So I'm trying to help him have that awareness without getting mad. And task. You're, you can't, you can't stop the time, honey, as much as he tries well, to we stop used to the stay time. in my house and we still... We, we still use this. We say, you know, you work hard, you play hard. You don't work yes. hard, you can't play hard. So you got to, you got to comp. That's how you get to play. You get it done, yeah. you know, but I yeah. think that you, from what I, you're telling me, it seems like you're having to do more flexing to yes. help Jonathan shift his gears and Absolutely. become and consistently learn to shift his gears, which he yeah. has been because mm-hmm. you've been more flexible about tweaking the schedule, letting some things go, not getting yeah. stuck on that. It has to look a certain way and not right. overreacting to him, right? Yeah. You've been yeah. able to see more consistent flexing on his part, but it required you to edit your expectations as well, right? Yes. I have to put myself in break area probably once or twice a week. You know, I'm get, and we do the zones of regulations and we just, we talk. I don't move his clip or anything like that. Uh, cause that can be a trigger. I'll right, say, right. I, I narrate what I'm thinking and feeling. I am getting annoyed. You, perfect. We, you know what the schedule is, Jonathan, you know, that the break time is over. I'm getting into the yellow zone. I really don't want to get in the red zone. You know, I'm going to need you to come and start and I'm going to take a break right now. And I'm going to sit down and do some breathing. Cause I don't want to get mad and go in the red. Well, zone. that's excellent. You because you're modeling for him <laughs> emotional regulation. Like I'm feeling not great. I'm having a mm-hmm. hard day today. I'm, and mm-hmm. I tell that to my kids all the time. Like I'm not really patient today. Today is not a good yeah. day for me. Mom is not that's patient a, today. Yeah. So yeah. you're just going to have to give me a little grace for that. Right. I right. need to walk away. And I think it's important to, when we're, it's very hard to model perfection to our children because we're not perfect. No. And being a parent can be really stressful and very exhausting at times, mm-hmm. especially if you have a child that has a learning difference and you're dealing with this whole COVID e-learning thing. I think every mm-hmm. parent is at their wit end. So you need oh, yeah. to be able to share that because that's a teaching moment. And it's a teaching right. moment to be able to say, well, I, I don't feel so good right now. So I need to, because that's you flexing and you showing him that you can flex, right? But yeah. I think what's been so impressive about all of this in this process, and I've kind of seen you walk through it, 
Um, that, You've seen us since kindergarten, and now he's you know. But I've seen you in this whole e-learning thing, and I don't. Yeah. I I I think a lot of the parents have a really hard time with editing their expectations and yeah. them flexing. Yeah. So they have this kind of picture in their minds of how the day should go, and right. when the day doesn't go that way. Right. And that's yeah. why early on I said to you, OK, have an expectation of maybe three main things you're going to accomplish. Don't yes. really rigidly map out a nine hour block because no. it's a kind of a setup. Right. It's I mean, not you're going to build up to that. And nope. I think um, I really admire you because I think that the first couple of months you spent a lot of time editing the day. Yeah, we did a lot day. of trial and error. One, two, three. One, yeah. two, three, one, two, three. Right, because you were finding the right combination where he yes. could be, where I think what you did was you found the right combination where you saw transitions go smoother, right? And I think yes. that that's the goal, which is the setup, the routine that mm-hmm. allows my child to transition smoother. And that takes mm-hmm. a lot of trial and error, especially if you have a child that's cognitively inflexible and that inflexibility is a high thing for them, right? You're going to have to kind of bite off that wall with little bits, right? You can't. Yeah. That's what it's scaffolding. It's scaffolding and adjust my expectations. You know, if he has something that is going to exert him mentally to his capacity, you know, if, if say, I writing how long yeah writing yeah. uh the um even now he has to type an underline well we take that for granted but that's a little tricky for someone who doesn't like to write but he's getting very good at hunting and pecking and what has helped him a lot is he can write it on the whiteboard yes that is a great that's true Yes, you have mentioned that. So that's another flexibility. Okay, the paper didn't work, but yeah, the whiteboard worked for him. So, and yes. my son did that. We did that the other day. We did an essay mm-hmm. and we did the outline on my whiteboard. And then it was he, better, easier for him. We worked on it together. We strategized right. and then he typed it up, you know. And it seems so, like less work for him. And so he like, say he has to do five. He'll start with that method and then without even realizing it, he'll get to like the fourth and the fifth without having to write it. Right. Because he's gotten right. into this a, more a, a productive. Yeah. yeah, he has you know what I'm something saying? that works for him. So if you uh-huh. had to say one last thing to the parents about flexibility mm-hmm. and how much, you know. I think, was- well, I think that, um, you know, if, if we're trying to tell them to be a certain way, to be flexible, then we have to show our kids how to be flexible. And it's very easy to be flexible when things are going smoothly and everybody's in their zone. And when it's difficult or challenging or something we don't want to do. And let's face it, the kids can sense that we don't really want Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, 100%. I'm not saying I don't want to help my child. And no, I do it taxing. and I it's get in the zone, difficult. but yeah. it is taxing. I yeah. didn't sign up for this. I didn't apply for this job, you know, no. but here we and are. You didn't get any so, training for it. No, when it's your own kid, it's different. So remember that they're going through these emotions 
as well, that we are too, but we're very good at regulating them and keeping them at bay. But That's our kids point. cannot always harbor and hold back what they're feeling. So in one breath, they want to do, they want to produce, they want to perform for us because they love right. us and we want to help right. them. Yes. And at the same time, we have to be careful and put that separation of, okay, this is business. I'm his right. mom, right. but this is business. And I can't feed his right. uh, whatever anxiety. And if I am feeling it, then I know he's feeling it. If he's yeah. feeling it, I know I'm feeling it. And that's when we need to take that time to breathe and regulate. And you know what? It's more important if you need to go sit in that rocking chair for five minutes and put some meditational music or close your eyes right? or talk right. yourself through it than it is to press that kid to do five more minutes of work because they're going to remember the pressing right? and they're not going to remember any of that work. And we are too. And sometimes it may look like task, break, task, break. Yeah. Have and some days break. have to be like that. And some, some days, days will look like that. To get through it, that if that keeps their momentum going, yes. roll with that. And then tomorrow you might get through two or three tasks, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, that I always start the day with the most challenging assignment. And then we do something yeah. that's a little easier. And then, you know, medium, whatever. And yeah. sometimes just needs to roll into the next session. Yeah. So I, I, and I really had to strap down on the break choices also. Yeah. You only give yes. access to certain things. And in the beginning, I let him have a little more. And I said, okay, what is making it hard for me to flex from his break is right. he's got too much access and he doesn't want to give it up. So I had to make a new rule. New rule this big bin is after school. Because you showed me it was too hard for you to flex and to transition. But that's good too, because you also I'm showed telling him, him you know, why I gave him the yeah. chance, but it's becoming this push pull and only in the, in those, uh, conditions. So we have to leave it for after. I so think we that's have to great. move that. Yeah. I think that's great. I think, away from that. I think it's so, um, I think the takeaway for tonight is that, and I didn't even think we would end up there, but it's, I think the tweaking of the schedule Mm -hmm. to see what helps them transition because not all schedules and not all setups work effectively. Like you just right. said, you might give them a break, but then if you give them a break doing something that he has a difficult time transitioning from, then you probably have to eliminate that preferred or that break activity because it makes it too hard. So yeah. I think the expectation is that when you're trying to build cognitive flexibility, you yeah. have to be flexible about finding the right yeah. combinations of things that trial work. Trial and error. And trial and error. <laughs> well, Paula, I really, I really okay thank you. I really thank, thank you. you for taking the time because I know that parents will appreciate um, that you um, are going through the same thing they're going through. And they're sitting there going, okay, today didn't work very well. And, and that's okay. And it's okay because the whole yeah. idea is to find the combination that works mm -hmm. right for you, for your family, for your child. And I think also the other takeaway is that you contacted the teacher. 
And you said yes. to the teacher, this Very isn't important. working. And I think parents don't always realize that they can contact the teacher and say, mm-hmm. this isn't working. Can we together find right. a replacement for this where he's still working on a skill, but he's not yeah. having to stare at a screen, especially right. if there's been a lot of screen time. I think that was a really important thing that I would have never thought to bring up. And I think it was yeah. very helpful to you because you were able to replace a time there that was not being very productive and it was building some bad habits, right? Right. Things uh, were coming out. Yeah. And then and I out. felt yeah. more useful because I'm here and I would like to be able to help him feel that he is engaged, right? you know? Right. So sometimes that engagement does mean we're going to put that aside. We're going to take out the whiteboard or a piece of paper. And we can, like you say, reading, writing, math. We can reinforce these assignments. We can reinforce these skills with just a little good old fashioned practice. Practice. And it helps them feel that connection that they yeah. are missing. Yeah. Not being physically with their with their right. teachers and assistants. So that's been a great word. And and I want to tell our families that we have several articles now on the mm-hmm. different skill notebook on our on our website at socialmindcenter.com. If you go into our parent equipping, there's several articles on cognitive flexibility and how you can build cognitive flexibility and a lot of information on schedules and tweaking. And also Paula is our editor and she's going to oh, yes. some articles as well. <laughs> but, um, and, and we will have some notes on tonight's meeting and mm-hmm. we just want to let you know, there's plenty of tools on the website regarding this. Yeah. No, it's not. And they actually skill. do work. Even if some of these things sound uh, so out of, what you normally, because, you know, this is like homework amplified by a thousand, you know, and a lot of us spend that extra dough to let the experts help with those tough subjects. However, when they see us trying and, and making this effort, I think it is making a difference in our kids' lives by them seeing that, you know, it's, yes. it's going to be okay. And we're just going to do the best we can. And it's not going to be perfect. And it's okay. You just have to keep trying with what you have. Yes. And when you communicate, the teacher does appreciate it because then you're showing the teacher, I see this isn't working. What can I do to help? Yes. And they more often than not to be willing to give you some alternatives Absolutely. to make their Absolutely. life easier too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? I think so that's some really good advice. It really is. So we will definitely have more conversations with Paula because she has a uh, she has a lot of trial and error to share with you. That's oh, exciting. Yes, I do, and, I do. Uh, and she always reminds me about what's what are some of the important things to share with parents. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for having me. And I'm very glad that you were able to join us and we will be sharing more of Paula with you guys. Um, thank you very much. And don't forget to check out our website at socialmindcenter.com.